still want to break out the beatbox every time I do that. We could. I mean, you can try. I could. I would wait until Beatbox Hero comes out for the new Switch. Sure. Uh, that's yeah, it. Beatbox that's it. Hero. Beatbox Hero. Yeah. It's just Ow. it's just a microphone. That's the it's, peripheral. It's literally just a microphone. Like, they don't want to tell you that it's just a microphone. Or no, it's like half a microphone. Just like how the Tony Hawk board was like most of a skateboard. With like, five, plastic button, with like five with buttons on it. Yeah. And all that good stuff. Yeah. Beatbox Hero. Get that on that. free, Activision. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> But anyway, welcome once again to another episode of the Talk Box Podcast. This is your captain speaking, Captain Tempest. With me, I've got Zach Crow, Lord 530. Hey, We've got Pat, Mr. Bot. Hello, hello. And we've got Adam, the Dutch Oven. I guess I'm here. <laughs> so, yes, here we it's are. It's your once again. microphone. You're always here. Yeah, you have to be here. You have to be. That's what the cages are for. <laughs> That's what the cages are for. So we got a couple things to talk about today, mostly just stuff and, like, you know, cool things that we've kind of learned about. Mostly just stuff and things, yeah, things and stuff. that's pretty much what it is. We just ramble on about stuff that we think is cool that's happened, like, within recent True. days and whatnot. So. And we're bad at recording these. So and we're bad at recording these, so it comes at weird times and yeah. it shows up at weird times. But it's, we hope that, you know, people find it entertaining. We'll love it yeah, so that's the goal. So, the first thing we got on our list here is we're talking about the Switch and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It came out, like, the Switch dropped yesterday, mm. and... So far, the response has been kind of about as mixed as we were on the actual Switch episode, which mm. you can go listen to on YouTube and iTunes. The previous one. one. Now, we're, we're not going to go. Times. We're not going to go too in depth because we did talk about it a lot on that episode. But we did have some mixed feelings on it, and I feel like you know that kind of is about the same on release. I will say, the one thing that I've heard the most about the Switch is that the cartridges taste terrible, <laughs> and that has not and like literally. I saw an article that was like, the switched cartridges taste terrible. Here's why I tried it. And then, like, right afterwards was like, update. Nintendo says don't eat the cartridges. And then after that was like, <laughs> ten other articles or people saying, like, I've tasted the Switch cartridge. And I'm like, why are you putting that in your mouth? Because they told us not to. It's electronics. Okay, first off, it's electronics. Second off, bravo to Nintendo for coating their tiny electronics that are easily edible by children with a material that is, like, non-edible. Like, it's non-toxic, but, it, like, it's also, like, well, tastes super gross so you don't eat it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen <clears throat> companies do things like my mouse here is a razor product, and they have a habit of coating their wires in a certain oil so that, like, your cat won't just, like, randomly chew, nice. chew or, on like, your wire. Or, like, mice won't chop yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just won't destroy your potentially, like, $200 mouse or something like that mm. just because some rodent walked by and it's like, ah, nom, nom, nom. Right. Ah, it's gone now. Yep. And I can really appreciate that. But, like, we can take that philosophy and say they just apply the same idea to their cartridges. But if they are announcing this, they're saying, like, hey, we're telling you not to do a thing. Wink, wink, do the thing. So uh, it's just you think so, it's reverse psychology. I mean, in a no sense, way. it's saying don't push the big red button. Yeah, it's the uh, it's people. Somebody out there is going to push it just because they said not to. That's very true. If they're announcing it, people are going to put it. In the, if they're announcing, say, hey, don't put the thing in your mouth. Well, well, now they're up. thinking about it. Yeah. Now they're thinking. It's, Wait, it's, you put the idea there, and yeah. it'll just kind of blossom. I can put the thing in my mouth. Yeah. Who knew? But um. So yeah, it's like people have been doing some weird stuff like that. I've heard that um the battery life for it when it's not docked is mm. actually pretty good, and I've also heard that the frame rate for when it's undocked is actually better than when it is docked. Wow, I did so, hear that too. 
that I feel like they definitely, you know... It's a little disconcerting. I, well, they, I think they wanted to market it as, like, you know, take your video games anywhere, do whatever you want, type thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, like... How you describe them on a plane? There's a part of you that's like... Either that asshole brings the game system to a party. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to be well, walking around in public part in, like, a public situation with a very expensive slash stealable, portable piece of electronics? Yeah, that's the other thing. Slash flashy. I believe I saw, I saw some... They, someone was doing, like, a comic, like, a commercial for the Switch where it's like... I switched my uh, my, my Nintendo console, console into, a, into a broken thing on the ground, and like someone else is like, I switched my console into now it's owned by this homeless guy with a knife. <laughs> like it was stuff like that, and I I thought that was kind of because like you're carrying around like a console, like anyone can just snag that. Yeah. You know? But um, now I personally haven't really gotten into any of the Breath of the Wind, like how it is, what's. What's the consensus so far? Um, so far, pretty. it's a little bit of a different take for a lot of Zelda games, uh, control-wise, inventory-wise, world. I know the open world is kind of like people are getting thrown off by that because I've had people telling me how they they run into like bosses before being prepared for bosses and then having yeah. to like, go off and like do stuff. It's it's uh get give it's not really sandboxy as it comes off, mm-hmm. but it gives a very sandboxy feel, which is really nice. Okay. Um, the fact that you can pretty much just go do anywhere, do anything in any order, right, instead of just following like a, a strict, adhered which isn't linear really, gameplay. Yeah, which isn't really foreign to the Zelda series, but you always kind of had to go to the Forest Temple before you went to the Water Temple right. because you needed you needed an item A from Forest Temple before you could really even okay. consider. Yeah. Uh, Whereas now it's like you can kind of do whatever, go wherever. It doesn't really matter, but it's like I imagine that there is sort of a, there, a linear a, thing there, that you could follow. Right. There is a more or less point system of like go from point A to point B, but it's different, and I think a lot of people like how it feels. Um, the inventory system's kind of unique. There's no, I haven't. I've seen a lot of videos. Again, it came out yesterday. I, yeah. I haven't. I don't have a switch myself. I haven't had the chance to play it. But I've watched a lot of like uh, user feedback. Like uh, I haven't seen anybody get far enough to get the actual master sword. Yet. Okay, yeah. I don't know how far in the game that is. I've watched like people play for a couple hours and not get it yet. But everybody had every item has like adorability. Okay. So you're basically rotating through weapons, shields, bows, everything you're getting. Like almost every monster drops their weapon. Okay. And you can pick it up and use it. That's cool. Which Including is arms. Yeah. Including there, there, arms. There are like some skeletal creatures. Yeah. When you hit them, they're on. Oh, off, nice. And totally. then you can you play can with it, it in the hand, still like moving and my, stuff. Dude, my favorite part about those skeleton creatures is that when you hit them the first time, their head bobs off, and then if you take their head, their body like chases after. So you can like throw it off a cliff and they'll go running after it. Or you can like play basketball with it and like throw it, throw it like in a hoop, and the head will just like run around a little tower. The bite will just chase forever. Oh, my oh man! I, I wanted to see somebody like throw the head in the river and just watch the ball like a bunch of skeletons chasing chase it down river. Yeah. That's good. Nice. Um, but but yeah. yeah, it's a very unique inventory system. Very sandboxy. Is a lot of people find it very refreshing. The controls are a little different. Mm. Like uh, very classical uh, styles of moving are not there anymore. But like they have like all your necessities like. Uh, Z target is back. Mm-hmm. They they uh, you have to buy the old Z button and staple it on to make, make all Z target. That's but, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I mean, I have a bunch of N64 uh, controllers. If you want to just like, go, just like cut it in half and then solder it, it into the <laughs> switch. <laughs> oh lord! I didn't I didn't actually do any electronics. It's just that 
Every, everyone else is like, how did you get your Twitch to work as a zapper? Oh, well, I just soldered a Z button from the N64. <laughs> like, that whole middle section, I just stuck it in. And I actually have a nice joystick now, which is great. Oh, oh nice. man. Like I doubled the size, and now I can really just, like, go to town with this. <laughs> um, uh, our buddy, uh, Matt, Matt Gonzalez, sent me a text earlier today that said, Rock Hard Goron Nipples. So I'm assuming <laughs> that those return in the game. <laughs> I mean, that's a good that's a good indicator. I would assume. Um, I think if he texted you anything else, I'd be concerned. Honestly. Yeah. Really. Jeez. So, but yeah, no. I think I feel like uh, for us specifically, it's a little too far in advance to really develop an opinion on it. But from what I've heard, it's like people think it's good. It's gotten a lot of very good opening reviews. Mm. If you're looking past all the traditional Zelda tropes, I think the yeah. hype is huge. Oh like, yeah, I was like, impressed so many, by. There were so many magazines that were giving it like you know five stars, ten out of ten, perfect. Well, game. even just like just like regular people. Like I remember talking to regular people and like people who weren't even Zelda fans, and they're just like, "Yeah, normally I wouldn't just go and buy a Switch, but like there's a new Zelda game that I need to play. On that note, else needs to play that. It's pretty heavily considering that that game is single-handedly supporting the sales. Yeah. For the Switch. Switch. Well, because yeah. does, does it have anything else? It's, like, really, like... A couple small things, really. I saw gameplay for 1-2-Switch, and that's a little weird. But, like, that comes with the Switch, right? I think it's separate. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Switch actually gets bundled with anything, if I, I remember correctly. I think there's right. one little tiny thing. But I, I do know from a friend of mine that the um, special edition of Breath of the Wild is a bigger box than the Switch box when you buy the console. Yeah, wow. yeah. The Breath of the Wild special edition is like, um, for those of you at home, like a foot and a quarter, and then the Switch box is like maybe a little less like than seven a, inches. Yeah, like seven Damn. inches tall. So it's like height wise, it's like weird. It's very off. It's yeah, well, because the Switch a is a bit. small thing. Like, yeah. it's not like a huge, like, console. And I do like this, um, I do like the idea of having, like, not, like, a huge bulky console. Like, yeah, I, I can, no, I can I, definitely I can dig that. Out. Like, I may not dig the portability as much, but, like, smaller consoles are usually, like, something that I, I can get behind. Well, you don't want to play Skyrim in the toilet? I don't, well, no. <laughs> Number one, I, I'm not a Skyrim, like, okay, give me Oblivion first, like, I'll play Oblivion. <laughs> Play I'll, I'll play that on the toilet. Yeah, maybe not Skyrim because Skyrim isn't exactly my cup of tea. But that's because I'm not really into grayscale, uh, or at least that kind of grayscale. Um, Understandable. Personal opinion yeah. about Skyrim. Yep. But well, like I, I like having my like games with a TV, but I also like space management, especially when it comes to like, yes. consoles. Like right now, I feel so bad because I have my PS3 on top of my 360 in my basement, and I like play both of those. And I'll just switch out the cables. But I always worry about my little old... Like, the 360's my older console. And I don't want it to... Like, my, my geriatric old man console to, like, break its lumbago. Because I have, like, a yeah, PS3 on sitting top on it. top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. probably not the best place. But, like, the PS3 is curved. So I can't, like, put the top... Like, I can't... Yeah. You can't reverse the order. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so I'm always worried about space. The, the Microsoft consoles that they're also partially designed to be on their side. Mm. So if you... If you have the right setup it could save space like next to the Wii I just don't wanna I just don't wanna mess them up so like n- smaller okay. consoles are nice just cause like it's uh, you can stick it wherever last three Nintendo oh, the, the Wii the Wii U and then the Switch have been really good on uh, space yeah. they have been pretty small actually yeah, they have that's correct. Yeah. which is nice I, I get like that a lot of times it's portability well, is an issue and also like you know I'm gonna throw an asterisk at that because like <laughs> with the way the Wii and the Wii U went yeah. the accessories Tend to be very clum- cumbersome. More That's so, true. More yeah. so than other consoles. Yeah. Even just like generic controllers, like usually you have like the nunchuck style thing, 
on top of the default controller, and usually everyone has like a grip on them, making them kind of clunky. I've always kind of felt like I'm sure I've, there's people that do it much better, but I've always kind of felt like they're clunky, mm -hmm. the the Nintendo family stuff. And I'm I'm interested to see what they do with the Switch because it's also motion controls. They also expect to do other interesting things that I'm. I'm interested to see if they're going to take a different approach this time. Yeah. Nintendo's always been very innovative. Yeah. I heard right. the, the vibrate function for the... Uh, Switch. The Switch controls are really good. Because okay. there was a, there's a... I was watching a video of someone playing 1-2 Switch. Mm -hmm. And there's a game where you have to shake a soda bottle and pass it around. And they, they have it so, like... Oh, it, if it's, it's like, like fizzing, you can feel it. Oh, it's super cool. Like... Uh, little things like that. I, you know, yeah. say what you will. Nintendo's really good at fun. And I've always said that it's a game company, so they know how to make games. And, like, it, it really shows sometimes when you look at some of their products and some of their ideas. Like, I was like, like, the fact that Splatoon exists is, like, perfect, like, idea. Like, it's just like, hey, let's make it a team shooter about Peyton. And it's like, that wouldn't work for any other company. And it's just like, hey, it's Nintendo. All right. Good. Done. Ship it. Yep. Make a million Works copies. Out. Alright, so moving on from Switch and Breath of the Wild, uh, we'll probably, you know, talk some more about it on either it's a, a big thing. another outlet like a box cars or something like yeah. that. Well, I mean, I'm sure... Once I'm going we get around to, to playing it, of course. I know, I'm going to uh, PAX East this yep. next weekend, and so I'm sure it'll be there. I'm sure oh, they'll have some games that they're going to, you know, demo there. I mean, I know, I don't think there were any Switches last PAX East, but I do remember they had, like, you know, Star Fox and those stuff, so... Yeah. So we'll bring some more information on that as it comes along. But the next topic of choice that we have here is we were talking about Overwatch. Overwatch. And that a new hero was just released to the public test environment. Yeah. Or, or public test realm, <clears throat> rather. Yeah, it's a, it's a girl in like a big little mech suit kind of. It's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's like, actually just a robot. There's no, no, there's no little girl in the, it. What's the, the little girl made the robot. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's trying to teach. So basically, um, Orisa is the newest um, hero it's a centaur robot with a machine gun and some shields and some... Basically, they took the best little bits out of all of the tank heroes and morphed them into one weird robot. And the backstory behind her is literally um, the defense bots that the city had used for, like, security all got destroyed by Doomfist at an attack on an airport. So the little inventor girl was like, I'm going to fix them up. And she fixed them all into one, like, pseudobot that is Orisa. And she's, like, the one robot that, like, is the parts of all the other robots into this cool thing. Um, she's pretty good so far. I've only tried her a little bit on the PTR. Uh, she has some really good range. Uh, and, again, it seems like she has, like, a lot of bits and pieces from other heroes morphed into her. Yeah. Because she has, like, the graviton pulse of... Of like Zarya. A, like, a mini graviton pulse of Zarya. She has um, a Reinhardt shield that she, like, moves kind of... Well, it's more like Symmetra. Or, no, I think she places it. She probably but it's got, like, I, a certain I, it health looks marvel. Um, uh, from what I've seen, it looks like she drops She does have an impressive range, I will say. Like, she has... I, I, I think I remember the Overwatch devs actually saying that she has the longest range of any tank um, that they have, which is, like... But, of course, her damage probably isn't going to be that great. Right, well, it's a, it's any... Like, any machine gun, your damage is going to be comparable not to your rate of fire. Like, your rate of fire is going to be higher than your damage. Right. But still, you, you have a minigun strapped to your arm, so good job. Um, and then I want to say her alt is the... Um, also, it's one of those things that accuracy falls off pretty heavily on distance. It does. But um, but I do know her alt is also like a essentially just like a mercy damage boost for anyone in line of sight. 
of like the post. Wow. Yeah, which is cool. It's a good. She's got a good mix of stuff. She's a really weird like tank choice, just because she's like part support, part like dance. Like she's part tank, part shield, part support in like a bunch of weird ways. And so I really want to see how that goes when like regular people use it because PTR right now it's weird because like I've played in a six v six Orisa match and it's bonkers because <laughs> everyone has shields up, everyone's blowing, every it's it's ridiculous. But like I'd love to see how she does with like regular team comps and especially once yeah. it gets to like the regular servers. Um, it's interesting. I know everyone was talking about Doomfist is like the new guy and everyone's like, oh man, it's gonna be Doom. I think Doomfest is definitely going to be, like, the next guy. Yeah. The the thing that I've heard on that is that um, what the, the big conspiracy theory, like, you know, put on your tinfoil hats and yeah. everything, was that um, she was released now because they pushed Doomfist back. Yeah. Now, if you kind of been following along the stuff that's been added into the game, you know that Doomfist Gauntlet is gone yeah. from the um, payload on Numbani. And also on Numbani in the starting area for the side, They've the offensive side. They've smashed the old OR-15 bot into the wall. Yeah, the and it looks it looks like it could have been Doomfist that did that for yeah. him punching a robot into the wall and like blowing everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that he's not in is because that attack prompted the uh, Prodigy Child to build yeah. Orisa, which is why she's in now. Which makes sense. And we're thinking that Doomfist is going to be next, and the reason that they pushed him back is because they want Terry Crews to voice him. Well, okay. He's on the IMDB page, He's so on the it's IMDb like, page. I don't know if that's just a prank and someone threw him on there. Number but... one, it's going to be good. If they, I think they will, because I think that there's been enough of a fan push, and I, I don't think they had like, a real voice for Doomfist before. Yeah. They, they didn't have plans for like a voice for Doomfist before like everyone was like Terry Crews. So now that they do it, they have to do a bunch of other stuff and they have to work through all of that and they have to rework sort of his personality and stuff. But I do think that they are setting this up for like a classic like it's okay, you're releasing Orisa, which is obviously like the good Numbani, like new hero character, mm-hmm. who is like again, someone pointed out that she was the newest Overwatch character to not like have a history in the Overwatch universe, right? Because so, she just got because she just got built. Like other times when you like introduce like an Overwatch hero, it's like, oh, here's Anna, but she's uh, you know been in the universe for yeah. a while. Like she was involved with old Overwatch and she was doing stuff. So it's going to be neat to have sort of Orisa fighting Doomfist, and they're going to do it like a whole thing. It's going to be awesome. I imagine it's going to be something like that. The other thing that uh, sorry, go back. To I know first. nothing about Overwatch. The only thing I know is like fan art. Okay. And yep. that the two things I've seen about what's the character's name? Orissa. And people are either shipping her with Bastion or Diva's Mech. Uh, the one I saw was uh, Reinhardt shyly sitting next to her and then like going like, Can I can I ride you? <laughs> and then the next thing is like he's like, Yeah and he's has his hammer up and he's like riding on the back of Orissa and Orissa's like he has the shield up in his front. Yeah, and one of the things I've always been a little. Um, this is just a personal, like, not. This isn't related to anything. Every time uh, Reinhardt charges past me, I kind of wish he had like handholds on the side so I could like grab on and like have him like pull me along while he <laughs> shot forward. But this is the person. Yeah, yeah. But what were you saying? Um, it's funny that you mentioned Bastion because they actually rolled back a bunch of the buffs on the PTR. Now, the reason that I think this is odd is because I've been playing with it... Like, I think the buffs are currently live. Yeah. And I have been playing with them. He doesn't seem like he's that much stronger. 
Like, yes, he can hold a point a lot better, which makes well, him more akin to a defense hero than what he, like, sh- what he was like originally. Like a tactical push. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the reason that they're rolling the buffs back kind of is strange to me, because what Orisa does, her entire kit, counters him. Yeah. And she is a very good pick against him because she's able to, like, kind of push through and deal with him, or you know, move him somewhere out of the way with the little graviton surge. But it's not out yet. So like, I know, but like I'm thinking, why would they roll the buffs back and release her in the <clears throat> PTR? Because if that's what they do when they push it live, is they nerf him and release her, I feel like that's just not going to feel very good yeah. for Bastion players. Well, and and that game is very heavily uh, influenced by counterpicks, considering true. you can switch your hero on the fly. Yeah. So it's like, if you see that your team is struggling with a Bastion, you, there's a lot of things you can switch into that. You can pick Genji and just reflect all his bullets. You can pick a Widowmaker and snipe just him been, from afar. Honestly, I, like, I main Soldier most of the time because I'm boring. Um, but <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like, true. Hey, want to play a first-person shooter? Well, okay, I, I will say as... Like, I, I do admit, Soldier is easy and fun to play. It's easy, it's fun, <laughs> and I can get reliable DPS out which is, without doing anything crazy, which I like. Um, but that's been my pick against Bastion, and it's been working fine. And I will say, since the buff, the only thing I've noticed is that more people are playing Bastion, which, hey, you want to pick an immobile turret? Perfectly fine. You attack my point as much as you want, buddy, because I'm just going to sit here and shoot you in the face. Like, that's all I'm going to do forever. Yeah. And it's super, like, once you get the shielding deck, like, once you get the armor off him, he's good. He's just, you know, it's, it's, you just shred through him. Like, yeah. nothing. Of course, I say that about most things. Because, like, like, I'll I'll have, as soldier, I'll just be like, oh, Roadhog's healing? I'll just shred through that real quick with this pulse rifle. Oh, hey, Symmetra's here? All right, I'll back up a bit, but then I'm just going to shred her in the face with my pulse rifle. Mm. Like, that's all it is. I don't know. So, I'm interested to see how uh, she works, because I haven't, I don't I'll have an account on the PTR, so I haven't well, been able to play her. I get exactly, I understand exactly it's, what you mean, great. To play on the PTR. Yeah, PTR is free. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was you know, one of those things where you had to no, like, no, no, sign no. up for you a know, special. When, you know how they access. have the server list where it's like um, you can pick uh, the Americas, uh, Asia, you know, Africa, whatever? Like you can yeah. pick like where your server lists are. There's one that says PTR, and then you just select PTR. Oh. It and downloads a version of the game that's. All those games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind then. Maybe I'll see if I you can. You should get try, it. try yeah. it. Yeah. They've it's good had, stuff. They've always had the philosophy of like. Free public testing, like um, World of Warcraft, you could play for free and definitely on the on their yeah. Because I know with like League of Legends, it's like you have to sign up for access to the account. It's not that yeah. they don't do it for free; like you don't have to pay anything to get in, but you have to like specifically well, sign up register. for it, and then they go through the list and let they've so many people the same, in at a time. Um, they've been doing the same thing for um, a game that I've been looking at that's coming out is Dawn of War three, and they recently contacted me. I didn't jump on it in time to like register myself, but they're already starting their. Um, I want to say it's closed beta testing for their multiplayer. Okay. Because they want to try to get how that's going to work out. Um, which is neat, because, again, they're going back to RTS like land when it comes to sort of some of their stuff. So we'll see how that goes. All right. <clears throat> so that's Overwatch and Orisa. Looking forward to when she finally hits the live servers mm. uh, to see what kind of crazy things people do in it's tournaments gonna get weird. and whatnot. It's so. going to get weird quick. Should be good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so the next thing we got on our list here is we have Magic the Gathering Modern Masters 2017. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. This set is this set is so top loaded with value. Like, it's I've said it before. The five cards. Would you the original? Would you call it a circus of value? 
A circus of value? It's a circus of value! <laughs> yeah! That's a dated reference. Yeah, Alright, go. Um, but anyway, so Modern Masters 2017 looks to be, in my opinion, the best Masters set in a while. Okay. Um, like, the original Modern Masters was super it's good. Crazy. Like, they had mm. so much value in it, there were so many good cards that needed reprints, and it was amazing. The second Modern Masters in 2015, not as good. Like, it was really fun to draft. Hey. For you, it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, some. says the guy that popped, like, what, two Tarmogoyfs? One Tarmogoyf? Ooh. One Tarmogoyf for the desert. Yo, yeah. Goyf... Okay, Goyf is... I don't have Goyf anymore. I, I don't have it either, but, like, I, I accidentally pulled a Goyf from, like, an own unopened pack of Future Sight, and that's what got me started in EDH. Don't you actually have to be specific? Aren't there, like, ten different Goyfs? Now there's, there's ten a, different there's a couple. There's a couple. It's been reprinted a bunch of times, but it's, well, like... No, no, still I thought there were, like, actual different Goyfs that also had kind of a similar... Oh, oh yeah, no. They're, they're, the creature type is Lurgoyf, and it yeah. specifically deals with card types in graveyards. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the original just plain old Lurgoyf was this card has power and toughness equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard plus one, or something like yeah. that. And then Tarmogoyf, the one that everyone, you know, has the namesake for, oh, yeah. uh, is it has power and toughness, or sorry, power equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyards, and then toughness equal to it plus one. Yeah, so you can play it with nothing in your graveyard and be zero one. Exactly. So you could still get some value out of it. Wasn't it? But I thought it was all graveyard. It is all graveyards. Oh. Sorry, did I only say yours? Yes. Yeah. Oh, then my mistake. Yeah, it's all graveyards. So if yeah, like, your really? opponent has an instant and you have a sorcery and a creature, congrats, you have a 3-4 for 2 yeah. mana, yeah. which is not Good bad. Good to go. Dollar. So. Yeah. But yeah, the... the uh, where would I what else we got? I what else we got uh, for value? For, for in Modern Masters 2017, uh, we've got Tarmogoyf mm-hmm. at Mythic. We have Snapcaster Mage and Liliana of the Veil, both at Mythic. Yeah. Cavern of Souls at Mythic. We have all five fetch lands from Zendikar at Rare. We have Damnation at Rare. We have Blood Moon at Rare. Like, just all of these cards that had been holding incredibly high prices for a very long time because the demand has been a lot higher than what the supply was. And I feel like that's what it is for, like, specifically for Damnation. Like, that is a card that solely is the price that it's at because of casual demand. Yeah. It rare, like, it sees a little bit of play in Modern as, like, a sweeper in some Grixis decks, but it doesn't see play in Eternal formats. It really only sees play on Kitchen Tables and in Commander, but it uh, is still a $60 card. Like, there's no reason that a card that sees that much play in casual formats should be that inaccessible. Yes. And I feel like Wizards saw that and finally had an opportunity to print it because they were trying to put Damnation in a set for a very long time. In the article, the article that they spoiled it on literally day one was literally like, it took us long enough (laughs) because they were talking about how they were trying to put Damnation into a bunch of sets prior. Like, they wanted to put it into uh, Magic 2015, but that was when... You know, mono black, mono black Devotion was really taking off, and they didn't want to give that deck another card that would yeah. push the deck over the edge in yeah. standard. Um, they wanted to put it in Magic Origins, but they ended up opting for Languish instead because they wanted to build around. Okay, maybe we can build a sweeper that only affects things with four toughness because yeah, that seems to be a I was going to say, Languish was a very niche fit, though. Yeah, and you need something like Damnation for that that weakness that Black holds a lot, which is the Usually the toughness level, like the yeah. XX. Kind but of they deal. wanted to do that for Origins because of things like you know 
like siege rhino well, and like, other dumb four toughness like creatures. A million things at four toughness in that current block. Yeah, and then and they then printed it, languish, and it's yeah. like, well, now all of these kind of—it's not that they become irrelevant, but they sort of balanced it out a little bit yes, more. Whereas it, it, if you it, gave it, them damnation, then it's like it doesn't matter if my creatures are power four toughness. I'm still going to be able to blow up everything that you need to to win the game. It put black back on the plane. So <laughs> it's like they tried to put it in a bunch of different sets, and it didn't work out because it ended up pushing certain decks too far in standard like they really wanted to kind of balance it out but I feel like in a reprint set like this it just is a no brainer because it's yeah. like it's an opportunity for you to print the card it gets into more players hands it reduces the price and more people get to play with this amazing card that is and almost literally a, a staple in black in commander and this and that's yeah. probably also another reason why it was a rare not a mythic yeah because they wanted to put it out to more people they could have easily upshifted it to mythic and I don't think anyone would have complained but yeah like, the fact that they kept it at rare is an amazing, amazing feat. Ham on the Ravnica shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was really surprised about all the Ravnica stuff that showed There's up. A... Specifically, the gates. Granted, they did yep. put a couple of cards Sentence. out of gate dependent. Yeah. I, um, I'm just happy, personally, that uh, Dahmer Raid is back. Because that means Wizard hasn't forgotten him. I mean... Uh, I guess that's the reason why he got put in because it's like considering he's Absolutely. not exactly an expensive planeswalker by any means. No, no well, he's too niche. Yeah, he's, it's and very he's niche. not a niche. It's not a niche that is super exploitable, like artifacts. Yeah, yeah. like how expensive was he? he was like what ten dollars, twelve dollars, something? Along I, think those lines. He, I think when he first popped, he was like fifteen, but quickly fell. Yeah, because like. I think he only did good in, like, one or two weekends, but he didn't really shine. Yeah, so he but he hasn't been, like, a staple in many constructed formats. He's no. mostly just been, like, a casual, fun all-star. Yeah. Whereas when he you first have, came out, he was you have his, in high demand. You have his yeah. counterpart in the set, Liliana of the Veil, which, you know, is currently, like, you know, 60, 80, whatever. The price has been dropping, but it's like she was but still, absurdly expensive. One million dollars. Yeah. One million dollars. But still, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah. I also like how Voice of Resurgence is in this deck. Yep. Because that card was like the shit when it came out. It was. It was a pretty absurd card, and the fact that they're giving it another run is is amazing. I'm so happy to see more Voice of Resurgence. Like, it literally, like, they said that they were going to take cards from, like, 8th edition through, like, Innistrad Return to Ravnica sort of thing. And they did. They literally took, like, the best bits of those limited environments and Mm -hmm. put them in one deck. Like, you get to play... With cards that I remember loving in Innistrad standard, like Hellrider, for example. Yeah, it's not exactly an expensive card, but it's like I'm happy to see it because the limited formats that you got that card in were absolutely crazy. Like you yeah. just all of your creatures swung and you just got free damage. It was so good. What's the research is this little fifteen dollar card? It is. It's hey, not hey, give, it the, give it some time. Give it some time. It used to like it used to be forty dollars, but it <coughs> it's dropped so significantly. Yeah. Abrupt decay. That was also the shit with that kid. The other thing that, that I kind of noticed... Was, that was a must-have card in the first set of uh, yeah. RTR. It still of, is in Modern. Like, it's it one is, of those great like, cards that answer everything. When it dropped, there was no doubt you needed that card. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Two mana, blow up target thing, and oh, you can't counterspell this? Too bad. It sucks to suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's some pretty interesting things. Uh, I was yeah. saying, Voice of Resurgence, the reason that that... Or one of the results of that getting reprinted is that Dragon's Maze... There's not a blue hand RTR. Pretty much, pretty much lost all of its uh, value. Oh. Like, card? if you think about Dragon's Maze, you think of Voice of Resurgence being as like the chase card that you want to get. Absolutely. Now that that got reprinted, that price is going to tank, and there's probably not a whole lot of reason to open um, Dragon's Maze anymore. Dragon's Maze has a couple of little niche ones. Oh, like you could get, you could get, runners, you could like get those, shocks. Yeah. Like you could get shocks from the packs, but you could get those from Gate Crash and uh, 
um, yeah. Return to Ravnica anyway. I mean, the, the guild runners weren't okay. Yeah, yeah, but you could get a lot of those as face cards on the pre-decks, yeah. and therefore they were... Mo- half of them. You get, like, half of them as face cards. But, yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah. The f- it had, that means half of them are essentially handouts. Well, yeah. see, um, a lot of the a lot of the cards that you would open from a Dragon's Maze pack are not going to yield you a lot of money anymore. Wayfaring no. Temple dropped down to an uncommon. Oh man, yeah, the rarity oh. ships too. There were some pretty sweet oh, ones. My Wayfaring Temple. <laughs> I love Wayfaring Temple. Like oh. Wayfaring Temple is an uncommon. If you enjoy Popper, oh man, are there some good stuff in here for you? True. Uh, true. You remember? You remember good old staple Burning Tree emissary? Oh, yo, the two mana, boy, yeah. Burning Tree. The two mana, two two. Throw that a when it enters the battlefield, it. you generate a green and a red. Yep. Um, that guy is now a common. Yeah, it's a two uh, mana two two that generates two mana. Too? I saw Madcap in that list. Oh, it might. I I think Madcap was originally a common. Wasn't I believe yeah. that? Um, because that was that was my that was my uh, that was my aggro scene back then. Burning tree into madcap and start swinging for the fences. Yes. But my brother would do that. And blood rush anything in, on the next turn. Oh yeah, there burning tree to another stuff. burning tree. To uh, I mean, else. That, that that's the joke. Burning tree, burning tree, burning you, tree, burning tree. You, you open your starting hand has two uh, <laughs> two mana, four burning trees, and some other card you don't really give a shit about because you have. Four burning trees on turn two. Yep. Hopefully the other cards are two drops. But it's like, there are a lot of other cards that got downshifted to common. Like, for example, my favorite one is Mortician Beetle. If you remember a card from the uh, second Modern Master set, uh, Scion of the Wild, mm-hmm. yeah. that used to be a rare, now it's a common. Mortician nuked. Beetle used to be a rare, it was a one black, one one insect that... Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, or sorry, whenever you sacrifice a creature, you put a plus one plus one counter. I was a player. A player. A player? Uh huh. Right, whenever a player a sacrifices a creature, you put it's a plus one plus one counter on it. It's not common. It's now a common. <laughs> it's totally not common. It's, it is now, and <laughs> yep. proper players can play with it. Like, Look at that right sacrifice now. decks <laughs> just got a huge boon from that. It's so, common. there's a lot of pretty crazy cards. Um, a lot of ones that I really love playing, and a lot of ones that now you can get in foil for a more affordable price. Okay, I guess I will admit, a card like that, the idea of like a common is its innate worth by itself, I guess. Right. And by itself, it is an extremely weak card, because in a standard, like a traditional deck, that card by itself is jack. Like, you need something that focuses on that concept. You put that in a themed deck... Something that explodes. It in gets value. a lot better, yeah. yeah. But I can understand that, like by itself, if we're valuing a card as a standalone, I can see it being a common. Yeah, yeah. it so. doesn't even have a way to sacrifice anything. It doesn't. It just literally gets bonuses from you sacrificing other things. So. Yeah. So yeah, Modern Masters 2017. We have the full spoiler. You can go check it out on the Wizards website now. Um, yeah, and a bunch it, of goblins. The the release date is on the 17th, so we actually have a little while until it actually hits shelves. They finally but... reprinted Goblin Guide. Oh my god! Yeah, they did. Goblins. We're getting there. I need more. Uh, I'm yeah. hoping the price tanks on Goblin Guide. Oh, it yeah. will. It's already oh, yeah. shown to I, be on a down. I want. Line. I want them. So I want them so bad. <laughs> I need them. Oh, that's <laughs> So, yeah, that's Modern Masters 2017. Go check out the full spoiler. See what kind of crazy stuff you can, um, you know, pre-order from whatever local store or online shop that you have. Goblin No bears. No bears. No yeah, bears. No bears. This does not meet so, the th- th- There's game. a bear in the uh, Uvenwald track artwork, but not, not, not good enough. Not himself. So, yeah. no. you know. So that's no that. It does, not, it does not a bunch meet. of cool goblins. I know you mentioned that a bunch of times. Oh my god! All right, moving on from Modern Masters twenty seventeen. I have a Krinko deck. Next thing we got, uh, Zach. I'm gonna let you take the helm on this. We have four honor. Oh man, you know what? I don't have honor. 
Why? Because I've been playing For Honor. And For Honor is... Uh-huh. It's definitely a lot of fun. But I will say that I have gotten into the mode of... For Honor is neat because you like have a lot of cool... Uh, I like the combat system. I like the fact that like I can do an upward slash and I can see the enemy doing an upward slash so I can block it. I can block side slashes. I can do cool things like that. Um, I like that the, you know, the different factions have interesting feels to them, especially when it comes to, like, you know, um, their armor and how they play and things like that. They're definitely all very style-based. You can they definitely, all... You can definitely fav- play favoritism. Well, my problem is, my one thing that I, I have a couple critiques about Ferran, because I've been playing it, and, like, anything that you play for a little while, you have to critique it after, uh, you know, the first hour or so. And the server's working? The servers are working. Yeah. I've been playing the server's fine. Um, it hasn't been a problem. Uh, Occasional dropping, but, like, nothing's expected. Nothing on. noticeable. Um... My thing that I noticed was, number one, as unique as the different uh, characters look, it always kind of boils down to you have your generic guy, your heavy guy, your fast person, and then, like, your, and then your super tactical person. And it's like, okay, what about the next faction? All right, generic guy, heavy guy, fast person, tactical person. Yeah, but they all kind of have like their own like flavor. Like if you compare the all right, the um, it's generic the samurai polearm yeah. girl to the the knight, Viking the or, Viking, yeah, Viking spear girl the Viking spear yeah <laughs> they're different. Yeah, one of them has poison and the other has a shield. Yeah, um, and the polearm guy and the pole and the polearm guy or his, the halberd. Well, yeah. the halberd guys. I mean, I like uh, lawbringers are cool. They have different um, hats. They, they, yeah, well, they, they all they, have different hats, they but do you play have to work into Except the for the fact that they're reach. Um, like, the reach definitely affects the weapon, a lot. The weapon is essentially the same, but their play style and how they use those weapons changes how different. you use them, which yeah. is nice. So um, there's definitely some flavor. But one of the main things is, um, so I've been playing for Honor. I think I've probably thrown about 150 people off of cliffs since nice. I started playing. I love doing that. So that's 150 it's, dishonorable kills. I, th- this is why I said <laughs> I don't have fun. Honor anymore, because, like... I, I swear the There's easiest way bar and the, side, the easiest like literally flatlining. the easiest way to kill someone for honor is to get them close to a cliff break their guard with the guard break button which is just a button um, <laughs> well yeah. no it's because it's literally like it's like swing swing light attack heavy attack it's like and a, then it's, it's like, like guard break the and then guard you just glass. guard break them and there's a second where you can choose to either then like swing at them or throw them. And you can throw them in any direction you want. And nine times out of ten, the direction you want is either into a wall full of spikes or off of a cliff. And so I have thrown... There There are piles of corpses at the bottom of these cliffs. I don't know where they are, but like there's just huge piles of them, probably. Because I've just been throwing guys off cliffs. I, a buddy and I have been doing doubles, where like, and we've just been going yeah. through it and seeing how fast we can get through. Our record is a minute and 16 seconds. Uh, in, a, in a two v two, because we like we both just like get as close to a pit as we can, throw our respective partners into the pits, and then taunt for the rest of the <laughs> like until we get to the next thing. And then they're like, "All right, we're not going to stay next to the pit this time." Oh, that's too bad because I'm still going to throw you into a pit. Oh man, I'm taunting again. Hey, look at this body. I threw down a hole. All right, minute sixteen. It's like those ranks. It's yeah, and that's what dishonorable kills. And that's what it is because we're at this point. We're just trying to prestige because you prestige at level twenty one. Um, you get boxes that you can open for loot, but like you don't want to even open them or even bother opening them until you fully maxed out of prestige. Because they their loot changes based on what level you are. Uh yeah. Um, and also it kind of sucks because it's like. 
the okay. So when you're doing doubles or duels, your items don't like the stats of your items don't matter. But when you're doing Dominion, which is like the four v four plus soldiers and capture like point mode, or skirmish, which is like four v four, but also there's no capture points and there's just soldiers running around randomly. It's kind of like, oh man, your stats matter. So like you'll get like every once in a while a higher level guy will show up and he's has all of his gear that's been maxed to like getting um, revenge, which is essentially like if you block uh. enough. You eventually build up a, a second health like, bar. A, yeah, basically, it's like a health bar and like super strong. Like you knock people back with your revenge stuff. It's a way to counter teams. like double teaming. Team, yeah, people double teaming you. So if you get su- if you go super defensive for a brief moment, you get a bonus to try and even the odds against like a two v one. Okay, I think it's a good mechanic for like balancing so that people just don't run around in mo- it's, like murder squads. Normally, I would agree. But these guys have essentially used their items to get such low well, revenge cooldowns. Like, <laughs> well, it's like they've gotten their stuff down to like such low cooldowns from like higher level gear that like three blocks in they can revenge yeah. and then just wreck you because it's like wow, this is like their damage well, is up, their defense is up, and their health is up. And their defense, so, you can but, see their revenge building, and you can actually get away from the true. blast that they like throw people away or and... option B I can throw them off a cliff because it's <laughs> easier than fighting them normal <laughs> and like and then, well it's one of those things um, I will say I played a little I've played some of the story I'm not super like it's it's a really weird story and I'm not super vibing with it like I like the idea that they're all like there's the three factions fighting each other but it almost seems kind of like weird how they're just like like as the knights it's like hey there's Vikings over there. Let's punch them in the mouth. And then, like, after, like, then you switch to the Viking faction. It's like, man, we've been punched in the mouth so many times. God, we really need to build up by punching someone else in the mouth. <laughs> Who haven't we punched in the mouth yet? The samurai! And they, like, go over to the samurai lance and punch the samurai yeah, in the geographically, mouth. Geographically, that makes sense. And the samurai <laughs> are sitting around and like, whoa, someone just punched us in the mouth really hard. <laughs> God, who should we... We should get back at the original villain in this story, the knights, by punching them in the Again, mouth. geographically. And it's like... Well, no, because you have to remember that it's not... This world is really weird. And I will tell you... Because it's like, essentially, it's something... Some cataclysm happens. Japan, pick up Japan. Yeah. Put it over here. No, it's <laughs> literally... It's some cataclysm happened where they ripped up, like, the Viking homeland, dropped it next to the Japanese homeland and then took a bunch of knights and just dropped their kingdom in some... Like, some event happened. I'm okay with stuck all these ex- warriors here. Like, a, just acknowledging it as, well, like, a fictional world. You want the confusing and... bit? Uh, next, the next set of, like, guys we're gonna get, one of them's a Roman centurion. So, like, a Roman legionnaire has already been, like, his outline has been sort of confirmed for, like, the next set of heroes. So we don't know what's coming. Okay. Which yeah, is kind terrific. Of nice. <clears throat> All right. But it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things. All right. For honor, honorable or not. For honor. Uh, it's for dishonor. For dishonor. Like. Well, okay, I'm a dishonorable but rose. I'm a, I'm a ronin who don't need no honor. But um, but that's because I throw guys off cliffs. And Nothing wrong with that. It's, been, it's enjoyable in the cliff-throwing aspect. Uh, and it's enjoyable to do team fights. Um, it's just tough to, like, sometimes you got to wade through it to get to good moments. 
I will say it, it does enough. seem like a slog sometimes. All right, move it on. I mean, that's how I have. I have. Are. I have no way to segue that into the next one, other than what the fact it? that this is another thing that you're probably going to talk about. Hey, uh, so here we go. The next topic we've got is Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be dope. More fuckable aliens. Ah, <clears throat> oh, goddamn it! You had to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> Just like Shepard. Um, <laughs> so. So good. Mass That's the title. So Mass Effect, Mass Effect Andromeda is uh, is that, that should be like a title of an achievement, like Shepard's legacy, and it's like fuck all the aliens. Oh my god. So Andromeda's coming out. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, they've added all the stuff that I've wanted: melee, exploration, melee, um, and new aliens, which is cool. Is the vehicle back? The vehicle's back. The Mako is back. Woo! And uh, it's, uh, it's not. I thought it was called something else. Oh, I think they. Yeah, that's right. It's it's like a different version it, of the Mako. It's, it's Mako it 2.0. Lo- it looks like it's the basically Mako. the Mako, and you can customize the Mako. Um, the one thing I'm a little nervous of is the fact that they added crafting, which I'm not a crafting guy. Crafting isn't my deal. Like, if I'm you okay can, with it as yeah. long as it's not like essential. Like, essential yeah, to the like game. if it's if it's just like, like hey, you want to like make an upgrade for your thing because well, I'll just ignore it. I think a good example is like in Dragon Age where you could craft cool armor, but you could go through the whole game just fine and dandy without ever acknowledging right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those. Just grab stuff from. But like, it looks bosses. really good. I'm I'm excited for it, and like I mentioned, I'm going to PAX. Bioware's going to be there at PAX. I'm hoping that there's some Mass Effect stuff at PAX. But I mean. It should be, because it's coming out, like, what, a week after? Oh. It's coming out the 21st, which yeah. is an issue for me, because my girlfriend's birthday is on the 22nd, and I think it's very inconsiderate for her to have a birthday right after Mass Effect. Wow. Right now. Um, I know. It's and very disrespectful. Also, and you're lucky she doesn't listen to this. I mean... <laughs> I already made that joke to her. Yeah. <laughs> I told her that last night when I... Now, it's also... It's also... Um, she was not amused. It's coming out on the PC too, right? Like straight off from launch. It's going multi-platform. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because I remember before it was like you had to wait on the PC. It was for multiplayer. it was a or, Xbox uh, exclusive yeah. for a while, and then it eventually branched off. Nice. I'm excited to see how they go with it because I know it's definitely um, in the future of the Mass Effect universe. No, it's it's in between two and three. Oh, Be- it is. what happened is is the timeline. I saw the timeline. Yeah, it's weird. okay. So what's happening is uh, people are like, "Oh crap, the Reapers are coming!" While everyone's doing the Shepherd thing and like preparing for like or to defend everything or denying the existence. These are of the essentially Reapers. like the Arcs. These are the people that are saying, "Well, this universe is fucked. Let's go to Andromeda." Oh, that's neat. I yeah. like that. So it's uh, it's essentially like you said, an arc. Yeah. Of uh, aliens of varying races, best and brightest, hopping yeah. on a boat, and, and they're going out of there. off to other planets to see uh, yeah, other planets. Yeah. And then they get to the first habitable planet, and they're like, "Oh no, robots and other aliens live on this planet." Darn! Guess we're gonna have to murder them so we can have our own planet. Okay, that's kind of how the end. I mean, comes. okay, that, that's, that's how it always. That's how it always is, though. It's always <laughs> like, oh no, an ancient, unawakened evil that we accidentally woke up by putting our dicks in their terminals. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, we're doing a lot of sex jokes for Mass Effect because it's a Mass Effect sex joke. Well, they uh, Mass Effect the, sex one of the developers posted. Uh, uh, oh, the softcore porn one. Yeah, they 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 and they were quoted for saying that Mass Effect is generally going to have softcore. It was one of those. Yeah, I feel like that was oh a poor God. choice. Well, that was one of the that was one of the like company heads. Like I want to say it was like one of the big. It was it was one of the head developers. It was one of the head developers, and they were like, "Hey, how much on a scale of like 
And you know what? Aliens to like I alien think... hot sex. How much alien hot sex is going to happen? He was like softcore porn, and everyone was <laughs> like, "Whoa, really?" And he was like, "Yeah, wow." So we're going to see how it goes. Well, it's one of those no publicity is bad publicity, right? You know, yeah, it's you know, especially for you're drawing eyes and ears. And I think we've kind of gotten past a, a certain line after well, the first Mass Effect. This like, is definitely scare. Oh, of, like well, like. Compared to the first Mass Effect, this is nada. This is nothing. Because I remember the scare for the first Mass Effect because I was interested in Mass Effect at the time. Like, I didn't buy it at launch, but, like, I was like, this sounds like a cool sci-fi game. And, like, on the news, it's like, this game is a rape simulator. And I was like, wow, that sounds like nothing like Mass Effect. And, like, I remember there was a whole thing where they had people who were like, oh. must be really disappointing to the people who, uh, who bought it thinking it was a rape simulator. Yeah. God, when's the rape coming? No, no, there's oh, no. Well, because, like, remember, there were preachers and there were uh, psychologists and there were people. People who were coming onto Fox News and like talking about how Mass Effect was going to be like detrimental to the development of the youth, and what was and really this was also during a time where people were like video games are like corrupting our youth. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Like, so. But it was my my number one red flag for that though was as a kid just definitely like these are people with jobs who are like way too old to be interested in playing <laughs> video games. They've never even played Mass Effect, and I knew I knew deep down I'm like. Okay, how much Mass Effect have you played? Because, like, that would really, you know... As young Lasala walks onto a Fox News stage, So tell me, Bishop, how, what do you do? Yeah? Oh my god. All right, all right. Were you on Novaria? Yeah? No, you weren't? Yeah, I saved the Rachni Queen. What did you do? Huh? Anyways, well, so. All right, all right so moving this, on from that, hopefully Mass Effect Andromeda up. has a uh, stronger finish than the previous installment. Anyway. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> I, mean, I was fine with it. Shut up, Chad. I was, I I was happy with the ending. It's the journey, not the ending. I know, I know. But anyway, so moving on to the next real thing. We've got two, sh- we've got two short things. We have one little tiny thing we're going to say, and then we're going to move on to cool stuff that we've done. So, Pat, you said something that we're going to start integrating a little bit more uh, story-related content yeah. into our podcast in some way. Well, you want to explain that a little bit? Well, yeah, we've uh, we've tossed around the idea a little bit, and we wanted to kind of share with the audience uh, some stories that we have accumulated of our times of playing games. This is a game-themed podcast. We tend to do a lot of news, as you've probably noticed by this point in the podcast. But we figured... Yeah. <laughs> ethical journalists. <laughs> we've uh, we've shared some stories in the past about our games, and we figured it'd be kind of cool to make that more of a narrative. And maybe we can do a podcast where we do like a one shot D and D. We've mentioned that in the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be of any kind of D and D. Or what uh, I'm starting to work on right now is taking one of our favorite D and D campaigns and turning it into a story that we can all kind of talk back and forth on and this will also apply to other games that we play that we can put into a narrative uh, situation or already comes with a narrative like Betrayal on a House on a Hill every card has yeah. like a narrative we can turn we've done that in the past where we've made comics out of it we've Woo! turned it into stories yeah. Adam our comic maker over here something to do that again but you know, stuff. we we are interested in sharing the stories with the listeners and we're hoping that it all works out and that you guys yeah. enjoy it. Alright, so that's something that's coming down the pipeline. So the last thing we've got is the cool stuff that we've done segment. Oh, where and we get we're to also have... going to record more on Epic. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that thing we never do. <laughs> if at all. Yeah. We have um, hundreds of hours to show you guys. We'll get around to it. Uh, <laughs> we are super over time. Okay, so uh, thank you very much for listening to our podcast and our ramblings. We hope that you at least found something enjoyable out of all that mess. <laughs> but anyway, Somewhere. so... 
Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Steam. We have a bunch of stuff. Go check it out. We'll link it in the description box below. And, uh, yeah, as always, I'm Chad. I'm Zach. I'm Pat. I'm Adam. We're the fuck out of here. <laughs> can we...